before we get started on the spring football edition of the Schooner Pod, a quick word from one of our partners. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome. We are back. The Schooner Pod is back in action. I am your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we're back on the wagon, Jameson Maxwell. It has been a long road since uh, Jalen Hurts officially uh, announced he's coming to OU, but here we are. It's the spring game, and uh, let's let's dive in because, I mean, there is just a lot to talk the wagons have begun very, very fast. So everyone who's on two times speed might want to slow that down to one and a half times because it's going to get real fire here. It, yes, it's it's this is about to get real because it's uh, it's been a while. Lots of lots has uh, happened on the recruiting trail, especially in 2020. We'll dive into that in the recruiting corner later. But for now, let's just talk about the spring game because uh, once again, it seems like OU and Lincoln Riley are kind of stepping up or attempting to step up the game and make it more of a big deal here at OU. How can they step it up even more from what they did last year is what they're trying to put themselves in those shoes. Like last year was so fun and it had absolutely horrible weather. So hopefully like somehow we can get good weather. But if you look at it, the weather is going to be the worst day in all of April. Chance of rain, like 50s and maybe like low, low 60s, but probably 50s. High of 53 uh, uh, is what it's currently projecting here on Monday. So it's 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 literally declining, which that I swear they're just after Lincoln Riley because if he got like a nice eighty you know eighty seventy five degree weather type of day, you know maybe we'd finally have like a Nebraska style like turnout one year. But you know I think it's going to take a little more than uh, you know Lee Bryce and some solid weather. But yeah, Gooners are going to show out no matter what. That's why we set the record for the spring game last year. Whenever they put on if they put on events, Gooners going to show out. And I don't think, like, a recruit's going to be like, oh, since the weather was bad, I didn't really have a good enough time, and I don't feel like I'm inclined to go to OU. It's all the other little things that are going to get the people excited and get the recruits to want to commit. My current favorite Gooner thing is everyone judging people who can't go. They're like, you don't have any excuse not to go. I'm like, <laughs> yes. well, hold on now. Let's 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 calm down. Um it's that or between the we should get a rapper instead of Lee Bryce for the concert. <laughs> now, that's just been the argument that just telltales. I understand that that's going to get kids that want to go there. But if you guys got put in that position, wouldn't you want to go to all the fun stuff and abuse it? Like if I got offered like for free to go to a concert and get recruited. Yeah, I'm going to take that opportunity. But am I going to commit to the school just because they got ludicrous? No. No, I don't, that's clearly not a deci- – I don't think it's a deciding factor, especially when you really look at it. The recruits won't even be out for the concert, so 
No, it doesn't it doesn't really matter a ton, but you know, hey, here we go. We uh, I think this should be a pretty good uh, spring game. You know, even though the weather is kind of bad, but uh, I'm excited. So we're we got a list here. We're gonna go through and look at the things we're most excited about with the spring game that will make it worth showing up, even though it'll be absolutely soggy and depressing uh, weather-wise. So first up, it has to be Jalen Hurts versus Tanner Mordecai. That's yeah, cute. definitely. Definitely, because Jalen Hurts is the most hyped up transfer since I guess Kyler Murray. But I mean, that's that's still that's still a lot of hype right there. And uh, Lincoln's doing it to it against again this year. He's saying, "Oh, it's an open competition and it's playing it really close." And I really do think Kyler Murray um, last year versus Austin Kendall was close because I think Kyler had a lot of rough edges that need to be groomed out, and he eventually turned into a Heisman. I don't think he was a Heisman in spring practice. But now Jalen Hurts is a completely different story. This is a guy who's been playing football, and while he hasn't been starting, this guy has been dedicated to this sport. And he's playing against a guy who's coming in as a redshirt freshman, a Mordecai, who wasn't as highly as a recruited athlete. But I understand his stock is rising. But there's no doubt for what this team needs and for the leadership and everything, Jalen Hurts should be in control unless a complete catastrophe happens, like an injury or he's just absolutely atrocious at picking up Lincoln's scheme, which I don't think is possible. No, and I, I think the biggest thing about Hurts is he provides something that OU really kind of need. I, I think that they really need. It's it's this business workman-like mentality where you show up, you know, bring your hard hat every day, and you just kind of you, you control what you can control. Um I don't think Hertz is. I said this about Kyler last year, but I don't think Hertz is a type of thrower Kyler or Baker was. But you know what? He's a game manager. You know when when tough when things get tough and you have to make a you know make some plays to get the ball down the field that Jalen you know will have you know that that composure to do it. And I think what what he brings in a sense to OU's culture is a bit of a, just just a little sprinkle of uh, of of. I guess what you could call the process with Nick, you know, what Nick Saban calls at Alabama. Um, I don't think we, I don't think OU wants to do that all the way through, but I think this is going to be something that's going to help the culture long term. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see it and kind of see the competition right in front of our eyes. And last year, we really didn't get an idea of who was doing better because both quarterbacks play like crap. I think it'll be a little different this year, and you'll definitely be able to tell. Next up is who are they going to be throwing to? All the new guys coming in. Especially with the new wave 19 recruits with Jane Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, and Trajan Bridges, all five stars. And also, a kind of little thing with that, also to see how Charleston Rambo makes that next jump from the Alabama game from last year. Yep, definitely. Rambo was a guy who, for some reason, got like a bit of a scapegoat last year after uh, dropping that kind of wide open Baylor pass. But I don't know. I, 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 think, I think we shouldn't overreact on one end or the other. We shouldn't overreact on the Alabama game, think he's some sort of great player, but we shouldn't. Un- shouldn't also overreact that on Baylor because yeah. he dropped a pass. He's the speed guy that we need, though, in this offense. He's someone says that he's sub 4-4 easily. And with Hollywood leaving, we don't really have many other people that are like speedsters other than Jay Quell and Crawford, a guy that we really didn't get to see at all last year, except for in the spring game. So, I mean, he is going to be an, a weapon. And what came from the camp last year is he was dropping passes and his attitude wasn't really right. And that Alabama game might have gave him that confidence to push it up to a whole nother level. But it's you you can't deny seeing three five-star recruits finally coming out, and they'll probably be divided up amongst the two teams, and they'll really be able to spread their wings and make some plays because they'll get that for sure playing time in this spring game. 
Yeah, and you know it's it's going to be intense. I'm excited to see. Um, re- really, I mean, we we've with OU we've always had really good receivers, but it's never like they're five star guys. We got Sterling Shepard, who is you know a scrappy three star guy. Uh, D.D. Westbrook was just you know some guy they found out of JUCO that was you know a diamond in the rough. Same with Marquise Brown, but thinking about this Lincoln Riley system with some real firepower, some. You know, I, I don't want to over, you know, over boost a guy who we haven't seen, but someone who has the, you know, NBA or NBA, um, who has, you know, NFL, you know, best receiver in the NFL quality, quality um, potential, such as, I mean, Jaden Hazelwood's ridiculous. He's, he's number one, was a number one receiver in the class. And I believe on 24-7, he's, he was rated like some like the 106th highest recruit ever. Like, this is... Even higher than that, maybe. This is wild. Yeah. Yeah, he's number six overall in the class. Like, this kid's special. Like, you're gonna see some production out of a freshman wide receiver that you haven't seen since CeeDee Lamb. It might be even more than that. In a star-studded wide receiving crew where there's not really much room to come out. I think at least one Hazelwood, Weiss, or Bridges is show up this year and make a huge impact for this team. At least one. I would agree with that for sure. It's it's going to be exciting though. Um, that offense is just absolutely stacked with weapons. Um, but you got to look. At, you got to look at another big thing that you know is going to go through a lot of changes here. It's the defensive scheme. Speed D coming in to Norman. Got Alex Grinch, the guy who most people kind of had as their second. You know, kind of second big coach ready to go, and um, I don't know about this. I, I, I think there hasn't been enough time to really establish this defense, so I think there are probably going to be some kinks going on. It's definitely going to be rough around the edges. Um, first of all, he wants speed, height, and everything, and we don't have much height in our secondary. Tallest guy's six foot, you know, so there's going to be some problems. People are going to make the wrong reads. They're going to go up wrong holes, make the wrong moves pre-snap. But all in all, while we might give up a lot of big plays, it'll be to our offense, so that'll still bring excitement. And while we're gambling and trying to get those interceptions, we might get a couple, which we don't see often at OU. So all in all, at this point, even if it is rough for the defense, it is still a win-win because we get to see big plays from our offense and then possible big plays from the defense. Uh, of course, and because it, it really is more of a gambling-type system, you're probably going to see a lot of blown plays too that might just it's going to hurt your blood pressure a little bit early on but overall like this is not going to be a finished product probably won't even be a finished product this season yeah it's gonna it's gonna take some time and especially whenever i get to the 2020 recruiting y'all will see the development of what kind of guys we're recruiting uh, sub 300 pound defensive linemen that have extreme speed and athleticism and then cornerbacks that are at least six foot and if they're they're six foot they've got to be lengthy guys big lengthy pod yep yep Um, gotta have some lengthy guys we love the length six foot two corners stuff like that it's great but other than that that's definitely a game aspect probably the most i'm excited about and i know that's kind of just a really broad but all in all i'm excited to see how the format of this game is going to be they try to make it really competitive last year and really try to get the crowd into it because they're trying to portray to these recruits what Norman can be on a regular game day that's in the fall and show it to them in the spring. 
And if we can get really hyped up and get into this game and it gets competitive, they'll say, this is it in the spring. Just wait till you come here in the fall. Yeah, you can definitely tell that competition and energy has been a very big selling point right now for Lincoln. You released that video, um, I believe, like a week, a couple days ago, where they're doing some sort of drill where one guy's trying to touch a thing in the middle and everyone's freaking out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've never seen anything like it, but Link, but it looks, it just looks like this is this is something they're really trying to get some energy going, so recruits can really feel, you know, a part of what a game day experience is like, um, which I'm excited for. You know, in previous years, towards the end of the Stoops era, there was some just absolutely confusing scoring systems that just made no sense and you you lost track of the game almost instantly so i don't know i'm excited hope we haven't seen any any confirmation from ou but you know i would i would expect that this is about to be the same thing yeah i'd I'd say it's pretty similar um they're they're doing a lot of different kind of events and everything that are similar to last year that we'll touch in a little bit but it should be competitive the team should be evenly distributed i think and uh, there's not going to be any kind of tie or anything like last like last year. There's going to be an overtime of some sort yeah. if that comes to it. Yeah. And next up, next up, I think the thing that probably has been most discussed has nothing to do with football at all. It's Lee Bryce, um, our uh, our uh, pregame concert experience. Um, yeah, part two of, of this concert series. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see it. I've actually seen Lee Bryce before in concert. Uh, didn't hate him. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, saw him before the UTCU uh, Big Twelve Championship. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how how it's received. Uh, who shoot? Who was it last year? Trace Atkins. Honky tonk, donk donk. Yeah. At least that guy had like one like song you could definitely know. Lee Bryce is pretty popular in the country world. I, me and you really don't listen to country much, but. I kind of dabbled into it for a little while, and I recognized probably about like six, seven of his songs just going through them the other day. Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, not a lot of them are really kind of game day get into it, but the one that Lincoln played in his car was, I think it was Parking Lot Party, um, which I think is pretty popular. But I mean, like, I mean, that drinking class song, you know that one? You probably yeah, yeah, that of course. At a bar. I mean, He's got some good ones. So, I mean, all in all, it's hopefully it entertains the crowd. I will unfortunately not be making it. I'll be coming in very hot into the game and make it. hopefully make it by 3 o'clock. But uh, overall, don't get riled up and mad and don't be a gooner by arguing that we got a country guy instead of a rapper. So please don't be that guy. Uh, next up, if you want to be a true gooner, get a beer at the, at the, uh, at the game. That's just something you got to do. I figure that there's going to be beer at the game. It just it's kind of like noted. I I don't I think the rules still apply. If they pull a fast one on us and say, "Oh, no beer because it's a spring game." That that'd be kind of lame. Yeah, I agree. I I think there's been more than enough time to set up an infrastructure for it. Um I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's something they definitely should do. You have this momentum already going with OU basketball and baseball, and it would just be silly not to have it going, especially yeah. because this is something that, you know, one of those things you have to kind of pull teeth to get people to come. Mm-hmm. Why not debut, you know, why not debut in-stadium beer? They need to do, like, a happy hour for, like, the first quarter or something, yes. too. Oh, like, yeah, because... It's kind of similar to what OU basketball did with pre-tip, but you don't tailgate basketball, so you can pull that off. If you could pull off like a, maybe like so, what are the beers usually like? Nine dollars, like eight dollars, right? Eight fifty. Yeah. So if you do four dollar 
16 ounces, um, like, before the game, and then, say, like, at the eight-minute mark, you know, at the first yeah. quarter, you cut that off, the happy hour off. Like, that would get people in the seats early and ready to go rather than stay at the tailgates a little longer. I understand it's not going to be a huge deal. I'm not saying that this is, like, going to fill the seats and make it go crazy because people are going to tailgate no matter what. But that yeah. would just give just a teeny bit incentive of some people to go to the game and some people to get there. And, and, and if it just has a minute, minute effect, it would be a success. Uh, yeah, and I'll say this about the beer a little bit. They need to start they, – they, they need to – Make a shift from draft beer only to start selling some of the, some of, uh, like aluminum cans. I know like there's probably some concern about chucking it on the field or whatever, but let's be honest, like it's way faster. It, it, you'll you'll have less lines, sell probably more beer. Um, OU basketball was only only draft, and they only had it at a couple stations. That's just I, I just uh-huh. don't. I mean, come on! If you're if you're gonna do it, do it all the way through. Do it right. I can't even imagine the lines. What they're gonna be like if it's just draft beer. Um, trying to get beers during the games, it, it's just going to be miserable. Whenever we went to Ohio State, they did they did the tall boys. I mean, every single place that I've been to, it's like they give you cans, so they've got to conform to this. It, I feel like it's just a matter of time. They'll yeah. see, and they they'll be stupid if they don't realize how the influx of how many people are going to try to beer buy beer during the football games. Exactly, they need to make the most efficient model possible. The lines were crazy enough for basketball, and barely anyone showed up for that. Um, God, I miss Ohio State. RIP to that to the one tall guy who got blamed for the beer shower that happened after the Parnell Motley interception. Oh, that was that was funny. Yeah, he was in our group and he was the only one they everyone else everyone threw beer. Yeah. But he was the only one that got singled out. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember everyone started throwing stuff, like everyone in this in the student section. I think that was the one where I caught one of the drinks. That was that was pretty <laughs> fun though. Yeah, but I guess next up, I guess your thing um, that you like, Bobby, is your spring sale. So go into that. You know more about that than me. Oh, yes. Okay, so I didn't do this last year. I I didn't wake up in time. But a couple of my friends who did go said it was incredible, mainly because you can get things for really cheap. Now, most people will go for the big items like helmets, jerseys, whatever. But the the key items are like, I don't know, you could get a $5 pair of cleats or some cheap gloves, you know, just just some fun stuff. So it sounds like they're going to be trying to liquidate a lot of the Nike stuff that they had. Yes. Um, yeah, and they're trying, and not as much Jordan. It's at the McCaslin Fieldhouse. Yeah, yeah, where I will be graduating in a few weeks, which is kind of fun. But, awesome. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I guess some little things here and there, if you just, if you don't have anything to do, don't go at 730 no, nah, get the person. knickknacks. Get the knickknacks. You know, unless you really want a helmet, you know, just, just, just go to pick up some weird little things that you can. You know, I don't know. Just... I don't think you're gonna find like a twenty five dollar OU Jordan hoodie on discount there. I don't. No. I don't think that's like. I don't think that's what's gonna happen. But other than that, I mean, there's other stuff that they've got going on that's cool. I mean, if you want to just go check in the student tailgate, if y'all are still students, and go sign up for some things. They do, they're redoing the kick to win tuition. I don't know if Lincoln's going to give the tuition to the person, if even if they do miss it. But it's supposed to be a 20-yard um, field goal they start off with, and you progressively win an autographed Riley, um, Lincoln Riley football if you make the 20, $500 for the 30-yard, and then free tuition for the 40. So hopefully they'll pick someone that can actually kick. That would be nice. Very not, it's not eventful. So maybe they could screen like, hey, like you soccer player, you kick. I don't know, kind of rig it to where whoever they pull is actually going to do good. Because that would get a good reaction out of the crowd. Then they got the punt catching contest. Uh, I guess two students go off with each other and 
most punts in 30 seconds caught, you win a TV 55-incher, so yep. that'd be something funny. And then the Rock, Paper, Scissors versus CeeDee Lamb, that'd be fun for free um, student tickets to all the football games next year. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And, you know, I, I feel it's kind of funny that they're doing it despite the fact it got banned, and which makes me very sad mm-hmm. because that was that was an all-time celebration right there. They, yeah. I don't go go on a little mini rant back from the season. Football's supposed to be fun. Let, let 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 the guys do the little you know. Let them, let them do rock paper scissors. Let them do Dragon Ball Z. It, it, don't be ridiculous. I, I I'm all for it. Let's just have fun. If it goes beyond to where it's like taunting or some of that, it that's that's where you can throw the flag. But if it's just celebrating with your peers, that it doesn't make any sense. It's just a total NCAA thing to do. Yeah, I'm not advocating to for everyone to do the Randy Moss mooning, you know, the Packer fans uh, yeah. celebration. But hey, there, there's you can you can do fun celebrations without being a jerk. Yeah. Um, the yeah. one the one big thing that I think is the coolest that they're doing this year is the help call a play thing that they're doing, where one fan will be randomly selected to help head coach Lincoln Riley call an offensive play. So boot up NCAA 14 and pick your favorite play, the one that's just a go-to every time. Or if you want to be really crazy, which probably will happen, they'll probably call like a triple lateral reverse throw. You know what? This is what I'd do if I get called. I would make it where I want to put out all of the offensive linemen in the wide receiver spots, and I put in someone crazy at the quarterback position. I don't know if this, I don't know if this is eligible, but we put in like big boy Bray Walker <laughs> at quarterback, and actually no, this is what it is. I'm changing my mind. We're putting everyone into a heavy package, and we're only having tanks offensive linemen, and everyone's going to think it's a run, and I think it's just going to be like a wildcat and run. Nope, we're going to do a fake pass and let the big boys throw it and catch it. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I think I would troll everyone by just going fullback dive. <laughs> <laughs> I, would just, I would just stick that, I would just, I would just uh, stick Braden Willis the ball and be like, alright, fullback dive, let's go. <laughs> and here's the play. <laughs> <laughs> Take a knee. <laughs> 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 and give it up for Bobby Howard calling the play. <laughs> hey. Just completely waste it. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to break something funny out. It would be. It'd, it'd be. It'd probably keep it simple. But if I don't know, I, I hope whoever does it has a creative imagination and or yeah. just does fullback dive. Got to got to give got to give more love to the fullbacks. I Not think, enough love for the fullbacks. I think the Neil would be absolutely hilarious and needs. I'm on team Neil now. Either that, or you do a fullback dive and then have then have the tackle pull, <laughs> just like right up the gap they're going. Uh, someone's still salty from high I'm school. I'm still teams. very salty from high school. Uh, so, uh, let's go ahead and tell a story. Why not? Pretty yeah, great. Yeah, uh, Bobby came in at fullback and watching from the stands was a great time. And of course, it looks like I, he finally got his spotlight to get his play. Yeah, it, we we uh, we're we're blowing out some team, and they finally put me in for a for a little play in varsity action. And I was just just gonna run up the run up the gut, you know, three yards cloud of dust type of play. I get the ball, and the second I touch that leather touches my hands, just get plowed by a, by some just three hundred fifty pound kid. I'm furious. Uh, the guy who was who was supposed to block for me pulled, so. I ran right into the guy. Ran right into the D, D tackle. It was just an awful experience. Um, and while everybody, 
I mean, while you were really furious on the field, everybody in the stands and all of us were just laughing our ass off. We just thought it was the funniest thing ever. We felt kind of bad, but we kind of knew what happened, and we obviously knew somebody missed their block and missed their assignment and just completely just roasted Bobby. I'll, I'll put it this way. At the film room made up for it the next the next day. Uh, Coach Bogart just ripped into the guy who pulled. He was like, you're really going to do poor Bobby like that? He got killed. <laughs> It was great. I love. But now it. we have such a great story, and if you'd have gotten a two-yard run, we'd never be able to tell it. So all in all, it was worth it. That's true. I had gotten two run, two-yard runs in the past, so yes. there so we that, go. That, that's fine. So okay, we'll move on from the events. Yes, um, well, it'll it should be a fun time to everyone who can go. I I say you should go. I, you don't have to go. I understand it's not for everybody, but I think it's something really cool because you all all know how big it is for recruiting and how big I am into recruiting. And it's if you've been missing football and the AAF didn't really do it for you, the spring game is there. RIP. And treat this like just treat it like any other um, Saturday during the fall, you know, where you go out and you tailgate and have a good time, and the weather's going to be not good, but it, it won't be good. <laughs> but you know what? Just to have a good time, you know, have some beers. Uh, it's just it, the the best part about it. Oh, you can't lose, but also we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, the other team will probably you know. We'll if lose. we both do very poorly, yes, we can put it as a loss. There, there, are, there are, yeah, or injuries that would be yeah. losing. But yeah, that's gonna... one thing. That Trey Sermon injury from last year absolutely scared the piss out of me. Yeah, and we that was just bad. just hope nothing like that happens. But competition is good. Um, it should be a really fun time. But I'm just gonna kind of hop into um, just a projected roster, just who we think the ones are right now. Yeah, let Bobby and I kind of, yeah, we went over it beforehand. I wrote them down. So I'm just going to really roll through them quick. If we got a little quick comment, we'll say it. But first of all, quarterback Jalen hurts. Mordecai is doing well, I think in camp, but I think it's overhyped. Yeah, no, I agree. He's just not going to do much. Uh, next at running back, uh, Trey Sermon's probably going to be the the one here, but you know, hey, you'll probably just like OU always does. You'll probably see some from Kenny Brooks. Uh, do you see any running back possibly being a breakout? Uh, I don't think as much as a breakout. I think it's going to be your two possible one thousand yard rushers from the season, and then Pledger will get a little bit more time than he did last year. I think Pledger might eat into Brooks's minutes. I think Sermon's going to be a workhorse this year. I, it's going to be very similar to what it is last year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I uh, agree with that. And then halfback. Halfback's actually a pretty big argument of who's going to be what. As the Jeremiah Hall versus Braden Willis. Braden Willis was a 2018 recruit, recruited as a tight end, and we have beefed him up 20 pounds with muscle and moved him in. I think it's going to be Jeremy, Jeremiah Hall that wins it because Jeremiah Hall has got the experience of the position, plus he can run block better than Braden Willis. Braden Willis is the better athlete, but that halfback is the kind of guy who slips through the cracks and doesn't really have to make too crazy of an athletic play to get the catch of touchdown. Like Carson Myers, not he's big. He's just wasn't an exceptional athlete, um, but he had plenty of catches and plenty of plays. So I like Hall that position. Yeah, this is a unique. I, I'm excited for this position really because I think they're going to do a lot more with it um, this year. I think I think you'll see a bit of both, but Braden Willis will mainly come in as just an extra receiver more yep. than anything. He's, I mean. They're clearly they're clearly you know trying to get him to be more of I guess if you think about it kind of like a second uh, just an extra tight end mm-hmm. to line out of the backfield. Well, but. they knew that he couldn't really play um, Brandon Willis if they wanted to get him minutes, and they saw what um, potentially has with guys 
at the tight end that we think is going to be Cal Katera and Lee Morris. I think that's going to be split down the middle almost 50-50. I think Calc will be in the ones group, but I, I expect to see a lot of both of them. You think we'll uh, we'll probably see a Stogner uh, red shirt, I would think. Right? Yes, I, I, he'll yeah. play his four games. He'll get in at the end, but I don't think he's going to be an impact player. Um, no, but I, I think he has the potential to really be probably, I think possibly better than Calcaterra and Andrews. Yes, I think that, no, I agree with that because he's a really, really good athlete. Yeah. I think if Lee Morris wasn't here, he would have the opportunity to do what Calc did behind Mark Andrews that his freshman year season. To get a couple big plays, show some really high um, opportunities and some potential. But the tight end room is really constricted right now. Next year, he'll step in. He'll be a good contributor for the team. I'm kind of surprised Lee Morris isn't just automatically joining the Arizona Cardinals. You know, honestly, like, right? <laughs> like the the second, like uh, you know, Kyler gets drafted, the Cardinals are like, "Well, he's a package deal. I guess we gotta get him. You know, yeah, gotta I send mean- him up." <laughs> We'll see that in a couple years, maybe. But uh, a wide receiver, uh, I think the X and the Z, I think they call it, CD and Rambo should be out there. That's a no-brainer. There's not much to talk about. What I do say is the people behind CD, that is where you'll find Jaden Hazelwood and Theo Weiss. So that's going to be kind of hard for them at this current point there on the depth chart to kind of break through and become a starter if y'all are looking for that. The only chance they get is if they move over to be behind Rambo and they beat Rambo out. I think that's just, you'll see both of them kind of sprinkled in here and there, but they won't be like the guy that's like a every down wide receiver. Yeah, and I kind of, I can, I kind of think this season might be more of like a rotational idea. I, yeah. I, I could really see a lot of, a lot of uh, these receivers getting a lot of burn, you know, just, you know, interchanging them. Now, here's a question uh, out of, out of uh, Hazelwood, Bridges, and Weiss, do you think any of them uh, probably are going to get redshirted? I think that Weiss is going to get redshirted. Yeah. I think Weiss has the potential to be the best out of all of them, but I think I, I think whoever gets injured gets the chance to um, redshirt the most. I'm not saying that Weiss is going to get injured, but I think Jaden Hazelwood right now and where he is, he's a better player than him, um, and then being behind CD is just tough. I think at least one of them. I think Trajan Bridges is the least chance to get redshirted. Crazy how that sounds because the slot, he's behind Basquin on the roster. Um, and I think Bridges could absolutely win that. And, off, and also, I think he could find a niche and take over a return position. Just going to drop a little terrible idea here. What if you somehow somehow got away of uh, redshirting Hazelwood, Weiss, and Bridges because of this four-game four, four rule? Just rotate them around. You know, Hazelwood gets his four games, Weiss gets his four, Bridges gets his four. That's 12 games. Yeah, I think... Just sit them all out for South Dakota... I, I that's see, 13. I don't know if that's really going to help <laughs> us because they're such talented guys that they can say, screw it, I'm going out as a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, you, know, you just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You, that, you're not really doing yourself any favor there. Yeah, so we'll we'll keep them. I, I think there's a chance that one of them gets redshirted, but if you ask me, well, um, what are the odds? Um, I would lean no redshirt rather than um, redshirt, but if there is a chance, I think Theo could definitely get it because of the uh, depth of that position. Moving on to offensive line. This is crazy right now. We have no idea what's going on. All Everyone this spring, none of them have started for OU because Creed Humphrey has been out. Creed Humphrey is a guaranteed start at center. He just had a little minor workup um, out of surgery. He'll be back, but you will not see them see him play for the spring game. I'm just going to run through it quick, just what I think. I think at left tackle, it's either going to be Bray Walker or Eric Swenson. I think Swenson's going to win it just because of veteran 
Um, left guard, I think R.J. Proctor, the pr um, transfer from Virginia, that's his spot. Uh, he wouldn't come here if he didn't have a guaranteed position um, to start at. And our guards are not as good as our tackle prospects. Creed should be the center. Right guard, Tyrese Robinson, I think he's the other best guard. Um, Marquise Hayes, I think, is the other guy. I always mix up uh, Marquise Overton and Marquise Hayes. But Marquise Hayes is the other guard. Keep an eye on that name. And then right tackle, I think, would be Adrian Ely. Um, all in all, if y'all didn't know, Michael Thompson, recruit from 2018, um, he's a D-tackle that moved to offensive tackle. I think he is a sleeper as a guy that could move in and actually start for this team from what I'm hearing from the TFB and everything that I read. Uh, he's, they're saying he's making such great strides. Um, that is just a really, really deep dark horse um, that could take over that left tackle spot. They would have to move Bray Walker to inside if that's the case. Because they wouldn't use that much people at um, tackle, but for, for sure, we never, we don't even know what's going to happen there. The only for sure is Creed. So I guess we can move on from the defense from that because there's really not much to talk. So yeah. defense is set up to where you have three guys with their hands in the dirt, then one guy called a rush linebacker, which is kind of your edge rusher, where they're yeah. standing up, kind of like a outside linebacker, but at the line of scrimmage. Two inside linebackers, a nickel, and then two corners, and then two safeties. So this should be the new Grinch scheme. You'll see a lot of kind of shifting in positions. You see a lot of crowding the line, something that Sooner fans have been calling for forever. The 10-yard backdrop, the Mike Stoops defense, is not going to be anymore. Which is good. Yeah. So Very at, good. At the end, um, it originally came out that that rush spot, the guy standing up, was going to be Perkins, but it's looking like it's moving away. I think Perkins and Kenneth Mann are at that DN spot. Um, we'll see how it shifts up. The D-line's going to move a whole lot. We really can't know for sure, but um, they should be on opposite sides of the ball come spring. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I mean, that, that D-line position might be might be the most crucial one that we have to fix. I mean, of course, secondary is bad, but people always forget about the D-line as well. Um, Our inside D-line is so, so weak. Now with Ron Tatum – saying that he's going to northeastern Oklahoma, transferring yeah. to a JUCO. We just lost Honey Badger 2019, or Honey Bear, I mean. Honey Bear, yeah. Honey Bear. Uh, we just lost Eric Green to go out. He's um, going to Vanderbilt. We don't have many D tackles. <laughs> it, it's it's Famatayu and Neville in the inside. And those we are, are insanely thin. We're, I, I, we're hoping for Tyree Slot. We're hoping for Q Overton. We're hoping some of those guys can make something, but we've been saying that for the past two years now. Yeah, we've, we've really been waiting on – you know, a good deal, a really solid D line class since probably what the 20, 2014 Sugar Bowl was the last mm -hmm. time we had someone like yeah. a group that was actually like really dominant, or you could even refer to as like good. I would say. Yeah, and we thought that twenty eighteen was that, and obviously because you saw Perkins, Jalen Redmond, Michael uh, Thompson, and then Ron Tatum, all really high end four in, four star guys, and it's come to the point where we might only see one play for Oklahoma and Perkins. We do not know what's going on with Jalen Redmond and his blood clotting issues, but from what just from what I know, my suspicion is it's been reoccurring, and that's why he came back and played last year, and then was taken out again, and he's still in street clothes and not practicing with everybody. Um, that means he has a genetic predisposition to clotting, and it could be something like the sickle cell trait. I'm not saying he has sickle cell anemia, but if you have the sickle cell trait, it makes you more prone to having things such as DVTs, which are clots in your legs, 
and then pulmonary embolisms are clots that travel from your legs up into your lungs. So something similar to like what Chris Bosch has. Yes, very something similar to what Chris Bosch has. That's so, not great. Um, and that's something that you usually can see in that can end a career. Um, but treatment can fix it, and you can come back from it. Um, for example, you see Brandon Ingram right now has a clot in his arm, and he should be good to go next year. No one's thinking this is the end of his career. So this is just something to watch closely. I would not be surprised if um, he kind of gets held out for the first couple games because it's, it's so it's unstable if he's going to play. But if he could get healthy, he'd be perfect, perfect if we could insert yes. in for the rush. But right now... It's looking like Mark Jackson's the guy, and I know not many people like Mark Jackson, but we're just crossing our fingers and hope Jalen Redmond can come in yeah, and start there. Yeah, that's just who we, I guess, got to go with. I, I just hate Mark Jackson in, in coverage. He's yeah. just not great. And the good thing about the rush spot is he's not going to be playing coverage, kind of like what you yeah. saw last year um, with a lot of those edge rushers. Um, this guy, the rush is designed to, I'm going to go where the football goes. I'm just sideline to sideline, football's mine. Yep, That's, yep, and that I, that should be good for Mark Jackson. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I think the one the one uh, player I think I'm really excited about seeing is Ronnie Perkins. I was a big fan of him going into you know last season. He had some pretty had some nice moments here and there, but overall, like he was he was pretty good. He's just not he's not just not really who we need. But yeah. all the way through, but. Yeah, that's, that's enough D-line talk. So let's look at the linebacker core a little bit here. Big uh, old, big old change here with Caleb yeah. Kelly. Caleb Kelly tore his ACL along with Jordan Kelly. Um, Kelly's a curse right now. That's just Probably not good. So. Caleb Kelly, from what I'm reading, so if y'all remember last year, he was thinking about redshirting and, um, because he wasn't playing and he didn't really find a possession um, position to play because Buzzy Bolton took his spot. Now it's looking like he's leaning towards redshirting this season, and even though ACLs are a six-month recovery and he'd be back by the middle of the season, he just wants to get good, get learn the defense even more, and then be back next year, and hopefully he'll be the man. But it scares you. Just think about this, Bobby. He's coming back next year off an injury, and the two guys at linebacker, inside linebacker that he's going to be going for is Kenneth Murray and Deshaun White. Deshaun White is a sophomore, and Kenneth Murray is a junior. Kenneth Murray is eligible to go to the draft, but do you think Kenneth Murray will leave and present an open spot for um, Caleb Kelly to move in? I I don't really know. Um, this is a huge year for him, though. And, you know, seeing how he's going to adapt to the Speed D system... I don't know. It, it seems like it would actually kind of fit with what he does because mm-hmm. he kind of just kind of just goes. Yes. So I think it's going to be something that's going to benefit him a ton. But I don't think right now in you know right now sitting here in April, I don't think I can say that I think he'll go. He's going to be draft ready. Um, I do think it will be a conversation. Um, yes. I think it'll be a slight conversation. It might be the level of um, oh, there were there are a couple guys on that 2015 team that you know. Probably could have stayed another year, but didn't. Um, I'm blanking on the one specific guy. Uh, it was, I think, war number one. I don't know. He, why am I blanking so bad? But yeah, no, there were there are a couple guys who kind of jumped too early when I don't think they're probably ready. Uh, was Dominic Alexander number yep, one? Yep, yep, that's it, Dom Alexander. That's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I mean a lot of people are going to go out early because they're ambitious. But from what it seems like within in the insider reports they think kenneth murray can be a draft pick and kenneth murray thinks he can be a draft pick so 
I know a lot of fans don't like him, but in this new scheme, they feel very confident about him, and he could definitely be a guy that could turn into a guy. He has the body for him. We've always said that, and we he's got the ambition, but we've always questioned his IQ, and it showed very lightly, like to the whole world last year, of what we were saying in the preseason. We applaud you. We love that you're putting forward the effort, K-9, but I need you to actually be smart and you can't teach smart yeah and that's why the that's why this effort-based defense is going to be perfect yes that's yeah that, and that's... i i think he i legitimately i think if he does really well the film of his old defense can really kind of be overlooked where he could be um a draft pick and would give caleb kelly the open spot to play next to deshaun white so deshaun white kenneth murray at the inside backers at, um specifically kenneth murray at mike deshaun white at will um, going into the, uh, secondary, this is very kind of fluid right now, but for sure there's a starter in Norwood and there's a starter in Trey Brown at cornerback. Trey Norwood is playing at the nickel right now, but the main competition is who's going to be better. Buki playing at the nickel or Tr- Motley playing at the corner. Whoever does better is going to win that spot and Norwood would fill the o- other open spot. But as of right now, Norwood is starting at the nickel. Motley and Trey Brown are starting at the corners. Okay. Okay, yeah. And that, that's, I think, going to be one of the more intriguing battles because as the season kind of went on, a lot of people were, like, really pointing at how Buki was playing out of position, how he's not a nickel, or, or even when they shifted him to the nickel, they're like, he's a cornerback, he was recruited as a cornerback, why is he at cornerback? So I kind of want to, I want to see him play some corner in the spring game, honestly, because... I think it'll solve a lot of... Spring games don't mean everything, but getting... I want to see him kind of go up against some... Hell, maybe even some of the bigger guys if they do a little one-on-ones. You know, um, because because really, the biggest issue for for, for Buki, obviously, is height. Yeah, and it's not being a safety. They've realized that him being a strong safety is absolutely stupid. I think they really have found their guys in um, Fields and Turner Yell that they really do enjoy. Grinch came out and said that his DBs are thin and they don't have much depth. I don't know if that's much of a say. Like, I don't like the way my DBs are playing. I think Grinch tells it like it is, and he'll tell you if he doesn't like you, if you're not doing good. But I think it's also a ploy at saying, we've got some injuries, so fans calm down. We'll get Robert Barnes coming back from injury. We'll get Jordan Parker coming back from injury. And it's also a play to the recruits and the new guys coming in. Recruits, hey, if you want to come play um, and play early... We've got plenty of room, and we play five DBs. So if you want to be a defensive back recruit, come on down. And uh, also, it's, it kind of plays into the transfer portal thing. Uh, I mean, especially coming in for uh, these new recruits from 2018, Grinch said he wants to be have 6'2 guys, you know? And whenever your guys coming in at corner are 5'11 and 5'9, uh, and Jaden Davis and Woody Washington – that might be kind of spooking them a little bit. But it kind of reinsures them, hey, we're thin. We just want some dogs out here. They're going to go out and make plays. And that's what those two guys can do. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I've heard a lot of great things about Woody Washington, though. Um, you know, hype be damned. Uh, the guy just has talent. Mm-hmm. So I wonder I wonder where, like, if, you know, if, if putting him at one of these positions isn't going to work, what like where would he work on the offense or the I, defense? I feel like he, I feel like his game, the way we're going to play him, is very similar to, as he ages to Trey Norwood. Um, I think that 
Um, his, he's got a high IQ, and uh, they'll kind of move him all over. He's not a guy I'm worried about for the transfer portal. I think Jaden Davis is definitely someone to be worried about. Here come in a couple, maybe even weeks or months, there should be a high influx whenever people realize um, where they are on the depth chart and whenever that thing gets released, that there's going to be so many transfer portal people that these classes, these recruiting classes, are going to be taking bigger and bigger and bigger of how many people you take. And what's gonna, you know what that's going to do to the college football and people like OSU can't recruit? Their recruits are going to get worse and worse, and it's just going to become top-heavy um, in college football. That's what the For transfer sure. portal is going to do. Yeah, I mean... At this point, just pay the players as well. Mm-hmm. But we'll have a conversation about that at some point. But uh, paying the players would be a uh, anti against the transfer portal. That's for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. We I, we actually probably will talk about that this summer. You know, during the dark times. But yes. uh, yeah, no. Um, last things, I guess, special teams. So really focusing on punting, punting and kicking. You know, losing Austin Seibert, who did everything for years and was. You know, I mean, one of the best ever. Uh, that's a pretty huge hole to fill. Do you have any idea? Like, I'm looking at the roster here. So this Reeves Munchow, for, uh, he's a punter yeah, from they, Canyon? Yeah, they like him. Okay, they, they said, like him. They're, the early reports coming out, they weren't sure about him. But right now in camp, they liked him. What's getting, I think, Sutherland and Burkitt, or however you spell his name, are the kickers that are going at each other. One's got a bigger leg. One's more accurate. I think Burkitt is the bigger leg. Um, okay. I don't really remember, but uh, they they seemed that neither of them was really kind of standing out. So um, that's something to wait and see. But there's going to be a drop when it comes down to kicking. As, as long as we don't have to, you know, ask you know the general student con uh, this general student like uh, people to come out and kick like we did with old Patty O'Hara that one year. Yes, that was. That, I don't, yeah, I don't think it'll be like that. We got these kids are on scholarship. I mean. Whenever you're on scholarship, you've got talent. And why it might not be a guy that is Austin Cyber who could honestly get drafted here coming up in about a couple weeks. Um, it's going to be decent enough, and it's going to get a spy. But For sure. all in all, and then I guess the returners, um, that's just something to wait and see. I wouldn't be surprised if you see CD at the punt return at the beginning of the season. And I honestly would not be surprised if he kind of hands over the reins to a guy like Trajan Bridges. Trajan Bridges did really well in returning for his high school in Hebron. Um, and CD is going to realize I might be a first round draft pick and do I need to be returning the ball if I'm back? He's not, CD was not like a threat to go get touchdowns on the punt. He was just more to catch it and he was a for sure guy. You know, yeah, if we, we haven't had a threat since Jalen Saunders. Oh, yeah. No, but at the, at the kickoff return, I, I, I think Trey Brown would stay back there and then my guess is they put like a Jaquel and Crawford back there too. Really yeah, good speed through. Just a pure speed guy. Mm-hmm. But other yeah. than that, that those are completely wide open, and those will be found out at a later day. Yeah. Well, Jameson, I know you've been waiting. God it's, bless. This it's time. Sick. It's time to jump into the Cruton corner, and I don't think there's any better place to start than the D backs, which I like. Like you, like you said earlier. Um, <laughs> I mean, Grinch has basically been saying, you know, we we need our guys, and you know, there's been some turnover. We've lost some guys who, you know, had previously been some relatively solid OU commits. But we've also got an interest in some, I mean, let's just put it this way, some guys who, the type of guys we've really needed. Um, and before we get into it, I just want to ask you this. How badly did this Mike Stoops uh, firing happen? It should have happened six months ago because we would have had this momentum coming into 
we would have had some of these guys, I feel like, in, you know, New Wave 19. Yes, yes, and it's going to definitely hurt us, not now, not next year, but the following year, whenever, um, we like we do say, Jane Davis possibly doing the transfer portal. Maybe even, like, we, I'm hopefully not Woody Washington, but I mean, guys that aren't six foot plus lengthy guys. Um, we already saw it in a small scale of just this recruiting class in the 2020. Um, Jalen Huff was one guy, he wasn't too highly sought out, but he was a six foot cornerback really nothing special to him Kerry Cooks really liked him new staff came over new staff didn't like him he kind of mutually parted ways and he's going to Georgia Tech most likely likely now what's getting real real Gooner fans riled up on the boards and you haven't seen it as much because people have moved on is Darian Green Warren a kid who grew up in Edmond and went off to modern day to go play his high school football one of the highest sought after cornerbacks in the nation was a huge OU commit, was the leader of this class, and our new staff pretty much said, I don't, we don't really like you that much because you're not tall and linky enough. And that's just completely enraged people. And it really doesn't make too much sense because there's some guys that we're looking at now that are six foot and not too much faster than them. So I don't know what they saw on tape. Maybe they don't think he's that good, but whenever the he's like, okay, not OU, I'll probably go to Georgia or Clemson or USC now. That's a guy you want on your team. Yeah, you want guys who, you know, who kind of get the OU thing, you know, and you know, I, I don't know. I, something about it just makes me feel a little off. You know, it's a little off-putting. I don't it's know. Very off-putting. Like a couple months ago when this happened, everyone was mad. But yeah. all, all in all, what I'll say right now, I'll get to it later for people who want to listen to my predictions of how many eyes I think we're going to see this pre um, for the spring game. I think we'll feel a little bit better about our DB situation coming in after this weekend. But I'm just going to start just to – this is how I'm going to do the crew and corner. I'm just going to roll and I'm just going to go fast. I, there's not going to be too much back and forth with Bobby. I'm just going yep, to roll through. I'm just going to chill and yeah. let you go. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, I've got a lot, and I'm going to go quick. And I'm yeah, I might say, chime in. I yeah. might chime in here and there, but if you got something to say, but um, pretty much, I'm just going to go through every guy who's coming in, including the guys that are 2019 and 2021 coming in, and yep. then I will do a little, I guess, uh, prediction on what I think, and then kind of what to look at for each position slot um, going in for guys. Just just to throw out a name for people that um, haven't really paid attention to recruiting, to kind of get that name, and if you see it on Twitter somewhere, you'd be like, oh, they mentioned that on the Skinner Pod. So I'm, I'm going to start right off, really no order. I think I got the lineman first. Um, Marcus Dumerville is from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's a big guy that we were after last year and really kind of early in the process. We haven't heard as much from him now, but he coming to the spring game is awesome. And he's from St. Thomas Aquinas, same high school that Nick Benito and Jane Davis went to. Uh, Crystal Balls is him on OU, but that was a long time ago. We'll see if that's sticking. Um, that's something to look at and see how he likes this visit. Okay, Akinola Agumbi. I'm going to say Akin- Akinola Agumbi is um, from Sugarland, Texas. He just recently decommitted from Texas A&M, and he's been all over Twitter pro OU. Like, he's been recruiting people. He's been trying to get everyone. He's obviously a silent commit. Everyone is, knows it. Um, junior day, he pretty much silent committed and decommitted from Texas a Is a Gumby our new favorite, uh, like, player name? Nope. Nope, it is not. And I'll, okay. get, I'll get to it later. It, I don't might, know, it Gumb- might be. It might be. A, but I, but not my favorite. A Gumby just makes me think of Keys in his Gumby suit. Yes. But see that you can pronounce that well. We need someone who's sim- similar to the Ugwagabu or Ugwagabu. The, the, the Ogwagabu. Yeah, the Ogwagabu award. Yes. 
but there's one. There's a, it's also a defensive end, so I'll get to All it right. later. Yeah, yep, so, go. Sorry. <laughs> so Cedric Van Pran, center out of New Orleans. Um, we would love to nab him. I'm not sure if he's a guy that we could get, but I think that he could get. Um, we could get him if we wanted to. He's been talking to Aki on Twitter. Um, I'm not predicting him as an I, but I think he could be a guy we could see in this class later. Brady Ward's from Mobile, Alabama. It's just a three-star recruit. Not really much to him if you look at his 247 account, but if Beat'em Boss likes him, I like him as well. Um, that's another guy to keep an eye on that I think is an OU lean that could, if you wanted to, pull the trigger if you wanted to. And then Roger Rosengarten's from Colorado. He's on an unofficial most of these guys are officials. There's two that are unofficials. He's one of them. He's an absolute beast, six foot seven. He's an Oregon lean right now, but we would love to get him. So going on to running backs, uh, we got two of them coming in, one being a running back, one being an all-purpose back. Seth McGowan, he's from Mesquite, Texas. He's a really low-key guy. Doesn't You don't really hear much about him. Some it's, His crystal balls on 247 are cloudy. He's a mid-four-star. He's really, really good recruit. And most times in most running back classes, we would love to have a guy like this. But the problem is we have Jason McClellan right now in our class. He's from Alito. He's a five-star um, running back, one of the best running backs in the nation. And then the eyes that you all saw, the big one, that Lincoln was talking about, we can infer that um, it's Kendall Milton. Kendall Milton being the number 15 player overall in the country, the number two running back in overall as well from Fresno, California. That's a beast. That's two regular running backs right there. So we really don't have a spot for our third one. We, we, Pretty huge fan of Milton. Pretty huge fan yes. of Milton on my end. Yes. Seem, he's one of the guys, he's one of the, the, the Bobby guys who I've seen. I'm like, I like him. He gets my stamp of approval. Won him. Six foot two, two ten. Go look at his tape. This guy can run, and he's big. Like this guy is going to be special. If the if all the scouting things like this guy is a potential be a first round pick in the NFL. So yep. this guy's special. But my favorite running back that we're recruiting right now, his name's Chris Tyree. He's from Virginia, and he's an all purpose back. He's more of kind of like a scat back that we could even also play in the slot. Like his sophomore year of high school, he ran a 10-7, 100-meter dash. That's fast. That's really yep. fast. Like, yep. like, I would love to have this guy. And what the word is, for recruiting-wise, with running backs, we take two regulars and one um, all-purpose back. The other all-purpose back guy that we are recruiting is Jalen Knighton. Decommitted from us over um, with a new coaching change. Funny thing about that, he decommitted allegedly because Kerry Cooks was his guy he had a big relationship with. Our former cornerbacks coach um, caused us to lose a running back. Uh, there might be something there that we don't know. Jalen Knighton's looking like a uh, Clemson lead, but it's starting to become more and more foggy. We really don't know what's going on there. But Chris Tyree came in crystal ball, Demetric Warren um, on 247. People think that we can get him if we want him, and I think we want him. We would love to have him, and he would do so well in our system. If there's one guy that I want you all to go look up that's not Kendall Milton, go look up Chris Tyree. This dude is special. So going on to wide receivers. We're trying to take two regular wide receivers and two slots. One of the slot guys, um, pretty much we don't really have many guys visiting for wide receiver for the spring game. Uh, we had a couple that we thought could get in, but um, didn't. Uh, Gary Bryant um, being one that's coming in, he's the only one for uh, wide receiver. And he's a slot, and he's my number one on the slot wide receiver list that I want. He's from Corona, California. Um, High-end four-star. Uh, Crystal Balls DOSC, but those are old. I think if we really work them, we can get them. Um, now going on to D-backs, D-backs, this is the thickest part of, um, guys that are going to be at the spring game. Derek Bermudez out of Jacksonville, Florida. Don't really look too much into that. I don't think he's coming. Brian Branch, um, he's from Georgia. I don't think he's coming to OU. That's just, he's just going to be here. Um, 
a lot okay for people that are wondering if like what other spring games we're competing with to get guys to come in the spring games that we're competing with is notre dame ohio state texas those are the big three those are the ones that we're we're we would lose guys therefore and they would go to other ones also yep. nebraska nebraska was we lost one big guy to nebraska and i'll get into that later but here comes the guys that i think that legitimately that i'm actually put my foot down i think are committing um this weekend first off being Kobe covington he is from saguaro um i don't know how you pronounce it but it's scottsdale arizona um i think he's silent committed at the, whenever he visited about a month or two ago um he's been talking all ou and only ou on twitter um he is teammates with Keely Ringo. If anyone knows that name, that's because he's probably the best cornerback in the nation. Six foot two monster. He just ran a 10, 500 meter dash his track meet recently. He's a Texas lane. That's what's sad. And Texas has been trying really, really like not get him to come to the spring game. He's coming now, allegedly not confirmed by anyone, but Jacoby Covington came out and said, I'm bringing my boys, Keely Ringo and Lathan Ransom, both Arizona kids. Um, and he's coming unofficially, Keely Ringo is. So that that might create some kind of weird stuff, but it's nice that we're taking a guy that everyone thinks is going to Texas and we're kind of yanking him up to our spring game instead. Which is great. You always want to win those battles with specifically Texas because it's about to get a lot harder. He's. I think he still commits to Texas. Um, Texas can have a really dang good recruiting class this year. Um, yeah, it's, it's still nice to lick the little battles. Yes, but I think getting him up here could cause some insecurity in his commitment towards Texas because I really think that we could work him there. Um, the other guy I mentioned that's his friend, Lathan Ransom, is in Arizona. He's a safety. Um, I should mention that J- Jacoby Covington, he's a DB, but we're getting, recording more of his safety. Some people think quarterback, cornerback, but he's 6'1". Um, Lathan Ransom's a really, really good safety. I don't think we're going to get him, but it's going to be nice to get him on campus. The two other guys that I think that are going to admit, uh, safety, Major Burns out of Baton Rouge. Uh, he was a Texas A&M commit, decommitted. Everyone thought he was going to go to LSU, and now crystal balls are coming in for OU. He's talking big OU with Jacoby. And then the other guy, Dante Manning, uh, he's from Kansas City. This guy's the number four overall cornerback in the nation, according to the top 247. And he's six foot, really fast. He came a couple of weeks ago on his on an unofficial visit. Loved it. He was already planned on scheduling going to Notre Dame spring game, and then he canceled it just about a couple of days ago and said, I'm coming to um, OU. So I'd keep an eye on that. I think that um, that's definitely a guy we can get a commitment out of. Another DB um, being Bryson Washington. He's from Houston. This guy was kind of an old age um, before the new hires uh, that we thought that was going to come in and be our star safety of this class. Since we've kind of got in new people, we're still recruiting him hard, but I don't. I think he's kind of fallen off to where we're not, we're not going to get him. I expect him to go to Texas now. And then Ryan Watts. This is a guy who's six foot three from Little Elm, Texas. This prototype of what you want in Grinch's defense. Secondary spots are going away. From what I expect, if we're going to get Jacoby Covington, Dante Manning, and uh, Major Burns to commit, there's really not. I think there's probably three spots that we're going to minimum want at, in the DB. I think we can take four, uh, but I would not be surprised if we saw all four of them commit this weekend. Um, but Ryan Watts being the lowest on my. Um, possibilities because he's been kind of we've been fighting with them between uh texas right now but six foot three quarterback grinch is salivating at that so going into the d lineman we've got the number one overall recruit in the nation coming in um and visiting for the spring game brian Brees. he he's a huge clemson guy he's looks like he's gonna go clemson but if we got him coming in for our spring game that's cool and that's gonna look cool to all the other recruits so that's very neat 
Warren Brinson, another kid out of IMG, is a D-tackle. Um, he decommitted from UGA. That's whenever we sent our offer. He seems interested. We'll see what happens there. Jason Harris, a D-lineman from um, Arizona. Really, really big, raw guy. Uh, we'll see what we can do there. I haven't heard much about him. But the big D-tackle that I've been hearing a lot about, and he's interested in us, who's very good and also can play, is uh, Alex Huntley. They call him Boog or Boogie. He's from South Carolina. I, re- I really like this dude because he came in on his first visit to the junior day, and he was tell- talking to Grinch about all of his scheme, and he'd studied him up in all of his Washington State um, stuff, and he knew all the lingo. And this was really cool. And it's just some random D tackle from South Carolina. He's like a 0.93, 0.94 kind of guy. It's like a really good ranking. And um, I, I would keep an eye on him. I don't think he's going to commit just yet, but I think he's fallen in love with OU. And I, I he really loves that speed D and the way that he's going to really look at how Neville Gallimore plays and thinks that he can be that guy. Um, more D lineman, Antoine Powell out of Virginia. Really haven't heard too much about him. Some people like him. I've heard some good things about him. But um, I don't really know too much about him. And then out of the guys, so those are all the guys that have not committed. Now these are the guys that are current OU commits that are coming in. Jason McClellan, I talked about him. He's the Alito five-star running back. Good to see him coming in. Mikey Henderson, he's an athlete out of Carrollton. We're currently recruiting him as the halfback position, what we're talking about with Jeremiah Hall and uh, Braden Willis. So that Demetri Flowers, Carson Meyer position, he's an extreme athlete. We're fighting for him, and we got him. We've been on this guy forever. I, I've even mentioned him in past recruiting corners uh, episodes. Drew Sanders also, and we got a couple of athletes in this class that we got committed right now. Drew Sanders been flying up the ranks. Would not be surprised if he gets up to a five star, but right now he's just on the fringe, high, high, high end four star, and we don't even know where we're going to play him. Most likely, I expect him to play on offense because he's got such a great skill set. But and be a tight end, but he could be a D end. Like this guy is special, and he's winning MVPs on all these camps left and right. DJ Graham, another guy who just won a DB. Um, uh, MVP at one of those Adidas three-stripe camps, but he's also an athlete. We don't know if he's going to be a wide receiver or cornerback. I think it will be dependent on if we need more numbers at wide receiver or need more numbers at cornerback after we sign them. I don't think that's something that we'll determine at this point. Then lastly, uh, Trayvon West is from Arlington. This is kind of a low-end recruit, really not highly sought after. We sent him an offer, and like a couple days later, he committed. Um, supposedly he's just a level-headed, good guy, fast, plays a slot, and we need some more slot guys because we don't have too many. And then out of 2021 guys that are coming, uh, first of all, Bryce Foster from Katy, Texas, an O-lineman, 29th overall player in the country in the 2021 class. So that We've got him on a couple visits already beforehand, so that would um, just nice getting him in. Another O-lineman in Cullen Montgomery out of Belair, Texas. He's not really ranked yet. For people who don't know, the 2021 guys really aren't ranked until like – farther into it so there's only about like a hundred guys that are ranked currently and one oh, wow. of the, and one of the guys that's also ranked is from oklahoma from weatherford is ethan downs he's a defense fit number 56 overall player in the nation uh just committed uh, i mean just uh committed to come to the spring game i guess uh and he will be a big guy that we want to get because there's been a huge problem with recruiting oklahoma guys that i can get into another time but a lot of guys especially the tulsa guys are kind of anti-Oklahoma because this new scheme that we're bringing in, we kind of shunned a lot of high-end um, Oklahoma recruits because we just want to get the best people possible. And just because you're from Oklahoma, it doesn't mean you're entitled to go to OU. And that's yeah. kind of what you've seen with Justice Hill um, in the past, which really, really hurt us with Dax Hill last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2019 signing uh, guys, New Wave 19 that are coming in that are not already um, enrolled will be like Spencer Rattler will be there, Marcus Alexander, Jeremiah Cradell. Ty DeArmond, Woody Washington, Marcus Hicks, Marcus Stripling will all be there. 
in attendance to watch the game. So overall, my prediction, uh, what's going to happen? I think bare minimum four commits. I think Jacoby Covington, Major Burns, and Dante Manning, those three D-backs that I was talking about, I think they commit, just from what I've been seeing. And then I also think Agumbi, Aki, is going to commit as well. So that's four. I think that's your bare minimum. So now, guys, to keep an eye on on the leaders. Of, if we're going to get a fifth, I think it would be from Watts. Um, he's that six foot three cornerback I was talking about. Once he sees that we're down to, we have, we're losing, he's losing all of his spots on the DB um, recruiting depth chart pretty much. Whenever we have three already committed, he realized I got to get in now while I can before I lose my spot. I think there's a look at it there. Boog, Huntley, the D tackle. I think there's a chance we can really get some kind of like momentum and he gets like kind of like giddy and all into it. He kind of commits. I don't know if that's one to announce right away because you might see a lot of silent commits. I guess you won't know about them, but those are guys that like say, I really like this. I want a silent commit, but I want to keep on doing my thing and I don't want people to know that there's eyeballs out there for me, you know? Yeah, and I I could definitely see a lot of like the little sneaky eyes where we don't know exactly who it is and, you know, they might come out later. So don't forget also the silent commits don't always do well because we had Chris Steele last year as a silent commit at the spring game and he did not hold that up at all. He's supposed yeah. to be silent committed yeah. to a bunch of other teams. So, I don't know. That's just what I'm saying. And then uh, I would really like to see um, Van Pran, that center from um, New Orleans, um, possibly commit, but that's low end. And then Chris Tyree, the all-purpose back, the kid from Virginia. He is an OU lean, and he's coming in for a spring game. If you're all the way from Virginia, it's kind of hard to come out here and make visits a lot. And especially if this is an official visit, it's kind of hard to get him out for another unofficial. I think he will for a game. But why not just do it whenever you're on an official visit? Exactly. While you're out here, you know, I don't know. I, I really like. I really like what the, what we have going here, and I, I think everything will probably. I don't know. I, I, Lincoln hasn't had like a failure so far recruiting wise. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really think there's been. I don't think he's had an event that's gone wrong. There hasn't been like a champion barbecue where everyone's like, "Wait, something, this is weird." Didn't really get any energy going. Mm-hmm. So all the junior days, yeah. all the champion barbecues, all the spring games, all the recruits coming back saying good things. And there's exactly. No, and there's never anything like I got a bad impression from it. No, they they always say our facilities are clean. They're nice. The campus good. You know, like I always get surprised they talk about academics. I don't know if that's just them shooting stuff out their ass, but I mean, like, <laughs> but I mean, our facilities are awesome, and that's gonna blow them away. And whenever you see a Lincoln, a cool young coach coming in, and the way he talks, and the way what he's performed, and what he's put into the league, and what he's gotten awards, like, come on, yeah. like, you're obviously yeah. gonna come away from that visit always in good spirits. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, they've like. All the detractors have now kind of lost the, oh, he's just, you know, riding off Stoops' coattails. He's young. He's unproven. Every year that we keep winning, keep winning Big 12 championships, keep going to the playoffs and making runs, that's just less ammo for guys like Tom Berman. Uh, yeah, the negative recruiting also with him going to the NFL with his contract extension, yeah, good luck with that one. I'm, we'll see what they can pick up and try to make negative recruiting on us whenever we negative recruit versus texas we just tell the facts that they don't do well whenever they do it they just make a bunch of rumors and try to convince kids yeah rumors and projections which i mean hey they got they got a sugar bowl win which they were only in due to you know just a weird de facto thing that the second place big 12 team gets in so it's like we could we could we could rant about texas and their you know questionable recruiting ways and Tom Herman and whatever, but you know, OU's the real deal. Yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. but in all in all, they're gonna continue to recruit well. We don't know why that is. Could be the bag man 
giving them money on the side. No, we never know. Yeah, I mean, we're let's let's not act like OU is some sort of invincible force that yeah. you know is the good, true light in the world because it, it probably isn't. But yeah. it, I, I'm just I don't know. I, yeah. I think I think what we have going here is probably one of the. Uh, really some of the best we have like anyone has and uh lincoln's been the game changer there yeah it's it's been really special um but i guess i'll go into just what like names to look at that i haven't really mentioned just overall in the 2020 i'll just go through really quick just so if you hear these names um and y'all kind of want to pay attention to recruiting and you haven't you'll kind of understand who these guys are so first of all quarterbacks we really have not heard much from them i don't think we take a quarterback in this class unless it's a walk-on Unless this kid named Bryce Young, who's out of modern day, who is between USC and OU, committed to USC. Pretty much what the report there is, if USC plays like crap again this season, they fire Clay Helton, he's coming to OU. So, cheer for USC to do bad. I know y'all are already doing that, but just continue. Um, running backs, Kendall Milton and Jace McClellan, are, I think that are, are two commits right now. Assuming Kendall Milton was those eyes. I really do think they are. Um, if they decommit, oh well, we got it. We can bring in another guy, like Seth McGowan. Uh but right now, I feel like we stick with those guys and we keep them. All-purpose back, Chris Tyree. If we can get him, that'd be nice. Um, if we don't, we'll just take an extra slot. Um, I don't think Jalen Knighton's coming back. Halfback is Michael Henderson, the athlete from Carrollton, Texas. I told you about that. Uh, he's, he's a commit. Uh, we'll be good there. Wide receiver. So taking out just the main outside wide receiver. Um, my guess is at the end of the season, we'll have that DJ Graham, that commit we have right now, the athlete, move to the wide receiver and he'll be on the outside. And then the other guy, that I've seen crystal balls coming in for OU is Jalen McMillan. If y'all don't know about him in football, you might know about him in baseball because he's like going to be a draft pick here pretty soon with baseball. And he wants to come play college football where else to play both sports better than OU. And yeah. he came to a visit um, about a couple weeks ago, about a month ago. And after that visit, people started to think he's coming to OU. He had a discussion with the baseball coach, had a discussion with Lincoln Riley. He wants to play both sports in college. We have proven that we can send guys to the league we can send guys to Major League Baseball in NFL um, while they're playing two sports. And we, that experience, I think, blows him away. And why wouldn't you want to come play in Lincoln's game as a wide receiver as well? So that's yeah, all the stars can, aligned there. Yeah, because there's a proven infrastructure there that keep that balance going, you know, between, you know, Lincoln and Skip Johnson. Yeah. So, so and then that's at, good. And then at slot, I don't – that Trayvon West guy, that low-end guy, I don't see any reason why he'd decommit unless we kind of force him out. Uh, and because we have other guys coming in, but I think he stays. It's kind of one of our sleepers that we really like. And then uh, the other slot guy, um, if we get Tyree, that would be awesome. If not, it's Gary Bryant, the guy that's coming in from Corona, California. We would love to get him, high-end four-star. The other guy we're getting is um, we'd hope to get is Mookie Cooper. Um, he's a decommit from Texas. Uh, people are starting to think he's going to Illinois, which I really don't. I think it's um, some Missouri thing. A lot of Missouri kids like going to Illinois. There's a lot of weird Illinois things. I, I've noticed that before, that Illinois has been a weird factor. Yes, no, they they own Missouri, and it's the weird. Cause like, if y'all remember me talking about Shaman Cooper last year, he um, was from Missouri, and he committed to Illinois. Yeah, cause it, it's very weird because they're an absolute disaster of a, you know, of a program at yeah. the moment. And they got two really good kids from Missouri also last year that were um, Illinois, which made no sense. But all in all, the slot might be kind of weird. It's something that we kind of need. Um I really do like Jaqueline Crawford as a young gun, and um, he's a redshirt freshman now. So um, we'll have a couple more years of him. But we're losing guys like Basquin, um, so we'll need some more slots. And then at tight end, I think Drew Sanders is going to turn to a tight end. Uh, if you're that good of an athlete, uh, you've got to choose 
offensive or defense in Lincoln's scheme. We just had the number one overall tight in the nation, Darnell Washington, visit us. Um, he's from Georgia, but I think he's going to Georgia. I think he just came just because why not. At O-line, uh, Agumbi, I think he's coming. I think he's going to commit. Uh, I talked about Brady Ward and Van Pran, about guys that are coming. And then two other guys to keep an eye on, the names that you need to know about O-linemen in 2020. First one is Andrew Rame. Y'all probably already know him because he's the broken arrow kid. Uh I talked a little bit about Tulsa kids not really liking OU because we're not giving two um, offers to some of them. And Rame's teammate, the number four overall or safety in the nation, rising up the top two, four, seven ranks, uh, Miles Slusher, does not have an OU offer, but he has like Alabama, A&M, every dang good school in the nation except for us is offered him because we don't like his size. So if Rame doesn't commit to us, it might be because of the whole Tulsa thing, but I, he's an OU lean um we he still may come in for the spring game we do not know yet and then another guy it's a really sad story what we thought was going to be our number one offensive lineman this like one of the best offensive linemen in the country named Turner Corcoran it's came down pretty much in Nebraska versus us he was going to go to Ohio State's spring game he canceled it because he didn't really want to go to Ohio State and it was between us and Nebraska's spring game same day and he picked Nebraska's spring game so that might not be good he we might lose him here um, come come in in second. I don't know why you want to come for play for Bill Beaton Boss. He puts guys in the league over and over and over, even if they aren't the extremely talented out of the recruiting class. So, can you even imagine if we got really good high end five star, four star guys? It just doesn't make any sense. It it, it is a little weird because Beaton Bow is just. In, I mean, let's be real. I, I can't think of another O line coach that's as good as Beaton Bow in the college football. He'll be an NFL here come a couple of years. There's no doubt. We, we are basically going to pay him as much money as we possibly can until he leaves. Okay. On the D-line, uh, it's such a crapshoot. D-line D and linebackers, we really don't know what we're doing. We're kind of scrambling. D-linemen, uh, we're doing more with kind of their edge rushers. Uh, other than Huntley, Boog, I really hope we can get him. But here's my favorite name. His name is Princely Umanmelian. Uh, Pr- Princely Umanmelian. U M A N M I E. Something like that. Uman Milan. I and Uman Uman Yes. I, <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. See, he went so global. A, a, a Gunby is easy to say, but it's Uman just a cool Milan, name. You, you, it's just it sounds weird. And his first name is Princely. This is awesome. Prin- yeah, Princely is what puts it over the top. Because if it was just mm-hmm. weird to say, then it's like that's another thing. Yes. But the fact that it's Princely. Oh, there we go. Yes. That, that is a great name. Now Princely is going to Texas this spring game this weekend, but we just had him in last weekend. So, but I don't know okay. what that. Um. We're in a, it's a Red River fight right now, um, but he's actually going with another guy from Texas. He's a Highland Park kid. His name's Prince Adorba, so Prince and Princely will be together, so that'll be kind of funny. But uh, I think uh, Princely is OU lean right now um, just because he posted a picture of him um, hitting the Play Like a Champion today and a custom OU jersey with his name on the back. And we've only seen that one other time in the history of OU recruiting, and that was Michael Henderson, the athlete, the halfback, and he committed shortly after. So I think that he gave some kind of notion to where this, congratulations, here's your jersey in um, your custom jersey. I don't know if that's like if you've been here five times, you get that, or if you like silent commit, you get that. I don't know really what it is. But all in all, that's my favorite DL. Um it's going to take a while to figure out how our D lineman class is going to shape, but I think it might be a kind of a weak one. So it's going to kind of be crappy on that part. Linebacker is also going to be scary. I think we really only need like one inside linebacker. We've got a lot of inside linebacker depth on this team. And like we said, even if Kenneth Murray goes to the league, we still got so much there that we can take. Um, 
we had one guy in Josh White that we thought that we had an OU lean, and then he went to LSU, and then he really liked it there. So now we're kind of scrambling. We really don't know what we're doing at linebacker. Uh, just cross our fingers, hope for the best we find someone. And that cornerback, I've really kind of touched on it. I'm really hope, hoping it's going to end up being Covington, Burns, Manning, and Watts as the four for all the cornerback and safeties. Um, I think that'll be our best position to hold our head high on of what we did in recruiting, especially as OU and a team that gets roasted a lot in the secondary. So all in all, those are guys just names to look after. I don't have anything else for the current corner. I know that was long. I tried to go fast, but there's a lot of names as well. But hopefully a couple of those names stuck that I threw out, and uh, you'll remember them. Yeah, it was indeed a very lengthy uh, Cruton corner. I am still here. <laughs> Hello. Um, Hello. Yeah, no, uh, it was all good, though. I, I, I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. If, if just go on two four seven and just type in the OU football twenty twenty class, and there's a little button where you can press prospects. You can just scroll and just see who everyone we've offered and everything, and click and see what the crystal balls are projecting. And after a while, you'll finally names will start to stick. It it was an absolute chore once twenty nineteen ended to kind of get in and start remembering all these twenty twenty names. And now I feel like I'm twenty twenty expert. Yeah, because spring is really or the spring game really is like that first. Real, I mean, people know names, but spring is when it really starts to, you know, separate. You know, you really, you really start to understand who is in play, things like that. So I'm, I don't know, I'm excited to see how it all works out. Um, especially excited to see the eyes. So yes, I. So I think over under on is four and a half for me. I that's that's where I'm going to set it at. Um, if I'm you go over, if you really believe, I think four is almost guaranteed. It's just, can we get the guys that we're not hearing much about to do it? Yeah, I, I think we'll make impressions on on some of these guys, and I don't know, I'm excited, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Well, let's see, we pretty much covered just about everything there is to cover about a football game that technically means nothing, but you know what? It means something to us. I'm excited about it. Can't wait. Um, it's going to be a good one, so... I, I oh, legitimately yeah. cannot wait. I love the spring game. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. It's just because this recruiting is just fun. If you're, if you're a diehard OU fan, I've said this before, and you haven't really paid attention to your recruiting, do it because it's fun, because it's almost like a game to figure out who's going where. And um, then you get to kind of follow these guys through high school, and then you'll get to know the roster, therefore, coming into OU. Like, there shouldn't be one guy on this team other than walk-ons that I don't know if I pay attention to each recruiting class. Yeah, and I, I do... I, I mean, I, I it takes me usually until the champion barbecue to get really in swing with a class. Oh, yeah. That's what that's really when I, when I go into my recruiting mode where I start to understand names and do all that. But, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got, like, a nice solid base here. I, I think... Uh, I think we did pretty pretty dang good. So yeah, yeah. Um, geez, I, I, I guess this is kind of weird. I, I I know we'll have we'll come back recap spring game next, but then after that, I, I guess we uh, we'll see at uh, you know maybe a champion barbecue. That's recap. probably what it is, and it'll be yeah. it'll be a while. And then uh, after that, you know, we'll start going into season previews, which it comes up on you fast. It seems just like yesterday. I was laying in a parking lot after losing to Alabama. Uh, but you know what? Here we are, spring 2019. Let's get it going. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Um, any, <laughs> I would ask you if you had any final thoughts, but I think you got them pretty much uh, all dude, out, James. I talk so much. Let's just let, let these people go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If, if, if you have sat through the probably 
I'm checking it, probably 30, 40 minutes of uh, Cruden Corner. You are the realest one ever, and you deserve a prize. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so I think let's wrap this one up, and we'll uh, see you soon. Um, you know the drill. Five-star five star review, five-star rating. Hit us up. Give us we, – we, we love your comments. We welcome your comments. Um and if you want to hear more content from me, Jameson, and you know some of the other you know uh, schooner uh, blog, schooner pod type people, hit us up on Off the Wagon. You know we got we got a lot of good Thunder content coming your way. It's about to get real crazy with uh, you know with with the playoffs coming up, and uh, you know Game of Thrones about to start. We'll start a little Thrones, little Thrones cast. It'll be pretty fun. But if you like this type type of content, you know check check it out. You know it'll be. Uh, It'll be pretty great. So we'll have the link. Probably have, we'll have we'll, we'll drop the link in here. So if you want to want to follow along with us, uh, that's probably the better avenue. I said avenue in a weird way there, um, but yeah, no. So for me and Jameson, uh, this is that was our uh, spring preview. Thank you so much for listening. As always, hit us up on off the wagon, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. And boomer sooner. <laughs>